0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Frontline Community Church Podcast. My name is Carol Ann Flood, and I'm the worship director here at Frontline in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our mission is simple, to see zero people unchanged by Jesus. So whether you've been following Jesus your whole life or your journey has just begun, we hope that this message will help you draw near to the person of Jesus, be challenged and encouraged by His Word, and be moved to action. We hope these next few moments are a blessing to you and equip you to see who God really is and who you are in Him. Morning, Frontline. How's everybody doing this morning? Good, it's just good to see you. Just like even Janice said, it's good to just worship with you. It's good to enter into the presence of God together. All nations, tribes, tongues, races, all coming together to worship the one true King. It's just—it's special to be able to come in and to experience that together. Uh, as I was preparing for today's message, today is the last week of our Make Space series. So, if you've liked the setup and the round, uh, today is the last day that it's going to be like this. But if you have endured it, if you are one of those people that wants to go back to normal, next week will be normal, as you call it for you. But man, as we close it out uh, today, we're talking about wonder So we're talking about awe, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and what what God is cultivating even in us as a people and as a church here and what it looks like to make space for him. So as I thought about, man, top top three biggest experiences that I've had in my life that have changed me, the first one is this, I'll show you three different pictures. The first one uh, is a conference I went to, it's called the Passion Conference. If you've been around here, you've heard me talk about this before, but this was so meaningful to me. I went as a college student and there the gospel was preached and that was when I really gave my life to the Lord. That was when I surrendered it. That was when I laid it down. That was also when I got called into ministry. I mean, 45,000 college students from all over the world in the Georgia Dome in Atlanta, and we were praying together, worshiping together, giving together, studying God's word together. I mean, it was just, it was this powerful experience that left me changed forever. Experience number two, if I had to pick three, experience number two that changed my life forever, that would be my wedding day. The day that, you know, Shannon got to walk down the aisle and, you know, for those of you that have done that or experienced that, you know, it's like, you can't prep for that. You don't know what that's going to feel like. It's like, I'm not a big crier, but all of a sudden, like tears start welling up. You see the doors open and she starts walking down with her dad and the tears in both of their eyes. It's like, that's an experience. Your wedding day and a marriage will change you. It just changes you forever because of the experience, because of how powerful that experience actually is. The third one uh, is this one. This is Judah at his cutest. This is right after Judah was born. He'll be four next week. And uh, his cuteness has declined over the years, I would tell you. (laughs) But man, I mean, being being in that room, being in the hospital room, you know, when I tell people I act like it was an arduous day for me, it wasn't. It was awesome. I mean, I, I laid on the couch, I took a nap, I watched NFL. I mean, it was like it was it was a great day. And then they woke me up at the end. They're like, "Hey, your wife's about to give birth to your son. Do you want to engage here with us?" I was like, "Yes, yes, I do." Give me something to do. I was on water duty. That's what I did. I, I gave Shannon water, and uh, that experience changed me. It's just different when you see your kid be born. It's, different. it's an experience that changes you forever. There's no going back. As you think about church, as you think about God, as we talk about experiences, it, there's two different ways that even the Greek language, which part of Scripture is written in, there's two different words that the Greek language uses to describe time. The first one is chronos, and the second one is kairos. So I wanted to make this symbol Kronos. I mean, you've heard of Kronos before. This is like chronology. This is in order. This is calendars and days and times and years. This is history. Kronos, we understand Kronos because it's like, it makes sense. It's ordered. Kairos is different. Kairos is in breaking of heaven meets earth. Kairos is experiences that leave us changed for forever. So if I had to boil it down to two words, I would say this, Kronos is to minutes Whereas kairos is to moments. See the difference? Minutes is something you track. It's quantitative. You can measure it. You can see it. It it changes slowly over time. It's historical. You look back on it. It makes sense to us because it's ordered. Moments, though, are different. Moments are like, man, that one time that this happened, or, or, or when I was here, that, that one event or that thing that was different, that was set apart, you know, a Christian word to use would be like holy. It was like this, this holy moment, this, this unforeseen, unplanned, uncontrolled type of encounter or experience that I had that left me different or changed for forever. Today, I just want to ask you, when you think about church or when you think about God, which one, which category would you put him under? Is he one that, that's chronos? It's like you, you look at your walk with him or relationship with him or, or maybe lack of relationship, lack of walk, lack of desire. You, you kind of put him in the category of, man, when I, when I look at the Bible, all I see is a chronology of things that don't pertain to me. Or, or maybe you are hungry and you, and you go, man, I do look at the Bible and I see a chronology of things in the way that God worked, but in other people's lives, not my own. Does God fit in the chronology or the chronos category for you? Or does God fit in the kairos moment for you? where you've experienced him, where you've encountered him, when when you've crossed paths with the Holy Spirit that left you changed and different for forever, which category does God fit under? Even if it's that one, maybe it hasn't been for a long time. Maybe it's like, man, that happened once and it was powerful, but I've never been able to get back or I've never experienced that again. Which category would you put God in? Kronos or Kairos? I grew up in the, in the local church. I've been to a variety of churches. I mean, all over all over the U.S., all over the world. I've been in so many different churches. I grew up with church people. And if there's something that I kind of picked up on, uh, it it was almost like the low expectations that so many church people had when they came into a service just like this. So many that that came in and and their relationship with God or, or their walk with God was more religion than it was relationship. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you come in and it's like, I just expect the same thing. We're going to sing a couple songs. They're going to give up. They're, they're going to come up and give like maybe a short lecture. I'm going to hope that God does something or it speaks to me or something that makes a difference in my life. But, but often time after time, person after person, you know, day after day, Sunday after Sunday, week after week, people leave here disappointed. I really think God has an opportunity for you, all of you here today, all of you watching online to experience him because an experience won't leave you the same. An experience, when you let God in, when you let him speak, when you let him move, when you let him take over a part of your life, maybe that's hard to let go of, or when you open up the door and you say, okay, I'm open to you, God. I'm open to you speaking. I'm open to you moving. I'm open in my heart for you to do whatever it is you want to do. That is what creates the space for God to move in a way that changes things forever. God gives us the opportunity to experience him fully. But just honestly, many of us choose not to. It's way too easy to walk in. I'll be the first one to describe my own journey. It's way too easy to walk in and go, I'd rather just stay in my spot. I'm good with the relationship that I have with God. I, I don't want God in all the way. I'm good with the relationship or the distance that I have right now. I will go to him if I need him. But right now, most of my life, I'm good. I'm a little freaked out or, or weirded out by the Holy Spirit, which by the way, that's where we're going today. Maybe I'm weirded out or or nervous about that. Maybe I'm not necessarily open to that. I don't come from a tradition, even in the church, that would lend itself towards being open to that. But man, what, what if God has set the table for you to experience him fully in a way that leaves you changed forever? Would you actually be open to it? Would you actually want it? Or are you too comfortable, too content, too afraid, too nervous, too hurt, too broken, too far gone. I think God has an invitation for all of us to experience him fully if we will actually lean in uh, as we've talked about this series. It's called Make Space because the Israelites moved throughout the desert. When God led them, he rescued them out of Egypt. He was bringing them to the promised land. And so they set up this. This is why we have this tabernacle here. They set up a tabernacle right in the middle of their community because they wanted to experience God. They wanted him to dwell right among Them And so, so they built this per God's instructions. They built this tabernacle. They would see the cloud that would come in. It would hover over top of it. It would fill the tabernacle. Moses, their leader would enter into the tabernacle and he would come out and he would have a message. He would be changed. He would look different. God did so much work through the tabernacle, but it wasn't even through the tabernacle. It was just because of his presence. So when we close this series up now, what what we're talking about is just the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that was alive and active and well in scripture is alive and active and well today. And he has something for you, but let's go back and let's read part of Moses, uh, part of his story or part of this encounter that he had with God up on the mountain. And it starts off like this. So Exodus 33, verse 16, how will anyone know? He's saying this to God. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people? Unless you go with us. That was his question. How will anyone know, God? Here he is, he's on top of the mountain and he's saying, how will anyone know unless you are a part of us, unless we get your presence? Because apart from you, we look like everybody else, but with your presence, God, we look different. So how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? But then he, he goes on. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What Moses knew is people who interacted and experienced God would look different. And how they looked different, that engagement or experience that they've had with God is evident by people who don't know God. It's just obvious. Like they just see it and they go, they're different. I just, like, I don't know what it is or there's no way any human could do that or pull that off. There's no way you could, you could know that like God's desire with his people. And Moses knew this was, I want to, I want to interact with you. I want you to experience me. So that as you leave, there's no question that I am yours and you are mine. That was God's desire. Man, most of my Christian walk, you could say, even especially before I became a pastor or whatever, uh, I thought the extent of that was all right, people will know I'm a Christian based on what I post on social media. I don't really have an Instagram. I tried it once. This was my first ever post. This just cracks me up. First one best way to start the morning. Only thing missing is non-confidence. Who cares? I was like, is this what you've chalked it up to, guy? Like, is this what I'm, I'm just supposed to be different, look different, look at my coffee and my Bible and go Jesus with the hallelujah hands. I think what God wants is, is more than that. He wants to so change his people from his time and his presence and his relationship with them that the world looks and they go, I don't know what you are, but I know you're so different and I want what you have. Moses knew that. Moses understood that, but then it keeps going here. The Lord responds, Exodus 34, verse 10. The Lord said, I am making a covenant with you. Before all your people, I will do, say this word with me, wonders. I will do wonders, but God doesn't just say, I'll do wonders. They'll be cool. They'll be exciting. you want to tweet about them someday. He doesn't, he doesn't say that. He goes, I will do wonders never before done in any nation in all the world. I mean, think about Moses here. Moses is on top of the mountain and he's going, wonders. God, you want to do wonders? You want to do kairos moments? You want to you do experiences that change things that no nation, no tribe, no people, nobody could replicate. Nobody's ever seen this before. God, you want to do that through us? Man, if you, if you read the rest of your Bible, I know it's a long book, so I'll, I'll summarize some of the fun stories here. God does that. Here's an example. In the New Testament, Jesus is speaking. He's preaching. He's talking to a large group of people. They're at the lake, and it's lunchtime. 5,000 of them are present, and they're hungry. And so this little boy comes up, and he goes, my mom packed a lunch. He made me take it, even though I didn't want to, so I brought it. Can you do anything with a couple loaves and a couple fish? And Jesus goes, yep, yeah, perfect and I'm going to feed 5,000 people, that would be a wonder that the world hadn't seen before. How do you take a sack lunch and feed an arena full of people? That that would be one. Uh, What about this one? The, The guy that was born and he couldn't walk. He was lame at birth. He had no use of his legs. He spent most of his life begging, and so his friends pick him up on a mat. They go to some guy's house where Jesus happens to be inside preaching and teaching, and they rip off the roof, sorry to the guy, rip off the roof, drop their friend in right in front of Jesus as to go, hello, here he is. Jesus looks at him, says, your your sins are forgiven. Get up and walk. The guy gets up and walks. Nobody's seen that before. I mean, imagine being in the room. Uh, I know him. Who is this? What about another one? Uh, Paul, this one's, I think, my favorite story. One of my favorite stories in all of scripture. Uh, Paul, the apostle Paul was preaching. And what he described as, as himself is he's like, I'm not a particularly good preacher. And Paul preached long. He preached for a long time. And I go, I can relate to that. I never pay attention to the clock. Paul was preaching one night. He was preaching to this group of people. He was on the third story, in like an apartment, you would say. And there was a guy that was, that was literally falling asleep. Paul's preaching, put this guy to sleep. I've been there. I put people to sleep before. <laughs> he's sitting there. He's leaning up. He falls asleep, falls out of a third story window, lands on the ground, breaks his neck, dies. Paul goes, not to worry, everyone, runs downstairs, grabs the guy. I don't know if he fixes it or cracks it back or what, but he goes, hey, come back to life. In Jesus' name, the guy comes back to life. They walk him up. I'm pretty interested in the rest of Paul's sermon at that point. (laughs) I didn't see that one coming. That's a unique illustration. But that's a wonder that had never before been seen. What about Lazarus? Jesus, dear friend, who dies? Jesus didn't get there quite in time. He dies. He gets buried. He's in the tomb. And what the text says is he stunk. And Jesus weeps and he mourns over the loss of his friend. And then he brings him back to life. Here's a question. Did he still stink? I mean, can you imagine the rest of the people, I mean, obviously overjoyed that your friend came back to life, but you're like, what just happened? Who are you? When God said to Moses, I want to work through you. I want you to experience me because my people are set apart. I will do wonders. I will do works. I will give signs, things that point to me that the world has never seen, that they can't explain, that they can't dismiss. I'm going to do them through my people. And I'm going to call people who don't have a relationship with me to myself. I'm going to invite you to be a part of that process. What an incredible invitation that God has for us. It's the same Holy Spirit that was alive and well and active in the time of Moses or in the time of Jesus or today. He's the same. God's desire for you is that you would just encounter him, that you would experience him, that you would see how amazing he is, how good he is, how kind he is, how loving he is, and how powerful he is. That he could actually do something through you, wonders like no one had ever seen before, to call others to himself. My story, I've said this to Brian so many times, our senior pastor here, I've said this, I went, I have no pedigree to speak on the Holy Spirit. I've been afraid of him most of my entire life. I, I didn't grow up in, you know, what many would call like a Pentecostal church or a, a church that, that demonstrated or displayed stuff. I, I didn't grow up. It was kind of like, well, that's weird. That makes me uncomfortable. No, thank you. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. It sounds like a lack of control. I prefer to be in control. Man, I, I just, I'm hesitant to that. But, but what has happened over the years is even as I've been in different churches, there are some people who get it, who have experienced God. And then there are some that's kind of, they, they just play the Kronos type of, of following Jesus. I just show up, I do the thing, I check the box, and I went, that's not getting me anywhere. God, I want to experience you. I just want you. I don't care how dumb I look or how insecure I feel or uncomfortable it is. I don't just want to live my life without you. I don't want to get to the end of my life and look back and say, the Holy Spirit was never invited into any of it. I don't want to say that. But that leads me to this, I mean, to this statement. The Holy Spirit will show up where he is welcomed. The Holy Spirit is not on the SWAT team. He, he doesn't go first and he goes, let me kick the door down and then we'll get everybody else in. That's not his style. You know what the Holy Spirit style is? I'm still here. I'm available. I love you. I'm not weird. I don't want to freak you out. But I want to bring something inside of you to life. I want my Holy Spirit to dwell inside of you because what I can do through you, if you'll yield your life to me, I can use you in ways you could never imagine, in ways the world had never seen. I'm inviting you to experience me. Not just learn something new. I'm inviting you to experience me because those that experience me will be changed forever. That's the invitation that God has. The Holy Spirit will show up where he is welcomed. Is he welcome in your life? Have you opened the door to his knocking? Many of us are aware of it, but it also requires action. Paul says this in Romans chapter 15, verse 18, the same guy that puts people to sleep and brings them back, Verse 18, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. I want you to catch this. Paul's talking here. He's setting up. He's saying there's a whole gospel. There's a full gospel that you can, that you can have. There's a message in its entirety that, I am, that Paul's saying, I'm here to give you. And I want you to notice, he's starting to point out the pieces of the Trinity. He said, what Christ has done, what God has done, there's God, the son, there's God, the father, but then building up to it by the power of signs and wonders through the power of the, say it with me, spirit of God. God. He adds the third one. Most of my life, this is how I've treated the Holy Spirit, or this is how I've treated the Trinity, I should say. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy scriptures. Scriptures are important, but the the third person of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. And if we want to experience God in the fullness that He offers and makes available to us, it requires all three. Are you open to that? Do you want that? Have you expressed that? More now than ever, I am understanding Moses. When he's on top of the mountain and he's saying, God, I don't want a map. I don't want instructions. I don't want a template. I don't want an outline. I, I don't want a billboard. I don't want any of that, God. I want you. Because when you show up, everything changes. Everything's different. I want to experience you. We need to get to the place where we have the same prayer. God, I, I don't just want you for what you can do for me, I want you for who you are. And I'm willing to open my heart, open my life, <laughs> open myself or my wallet or my home. I, I'm willing to open up everything to you so that I might fully experience you. And it's not just for the sake of us, it's also for the sake of others around us. For those that we live among, God doesn't just want you to remember him. He doesn't just want you to remember him. It's not just, he wants you to experience him in his fullness, his holiness, in his glory. He wants you to experience him fully, but he will not force himself. If we finish this story, Exodus 34, verse 29, it says this, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. This part just blows my mind. Because what Moses just got done saying to God on top of the mountain is, I want to experience you. I want to experience you, God. I don't want a map. I don't want a book. I don't want, I don't want anything other than you. I want your presence, God. And, and he knew it was for the sake of other people who didn't know him. As he's walking down, his face just starts glowing. It's like shining. You know where we also see that in scripture? It's Jesus, the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus brought three of his disciples up and he conversed with Elijah and Moses on the mountain. And it says his face was gleaming white. As Moses was in the presence of God, he walks down the mountain. And I just picture like, man, the closest thing I can think of is like Iron Man with his brights on. Like he walks down and everybody around him is like, uh, are you seeing what I'm seeing? It's glowing. It's like, is this, is there, Is it radioactive up there? Is there uranium up there? Like, what is it with Moses? They were terrified of him. They were terrified. The act, what God had done with Moses on the mountain, Moses wasn't even aware of how different he looked. Isn't that true? When we allow God in and fully experience him, sometimes we're unaware of how we look to other people. But man, what God does is he brings people in. It's attractive to them. What people don't want, even coming here at our church, they don't care about skinny jeans on the stage. They don't care about an awesome band or super cool lights or great social media presence. Or What, what, people, what lost people want to know is, is God still alive? Is he real? Is he what I've been told? Like this thing that all of you do, is it real? Or are you all just pretending? That's what people want to know when they come in. That's what God wants them to know, that he is real, that he is alive, that he's well, that he's working, that he is madly in love with you, and he invites us to be a part of reaching others for him. Stumbled upon this quote this week. Cody sent it to me on our staff. Uh, It's in this book by Stephen Elliott. It's called By Signs and Wonders. It says this, The church has become anemic in its evangelistic efforts, Because of our fearful de emphasis on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Let me paraphrase it. So many church people are afraid of allowing the Holy Spirit in that they don't do it, and the effect is we're reaching less and less and less people with the gospel. We can't be a church that does that. We can't be a people that does that. I certainly don't want to be a pastor that does that, that de-emphasizes the work of the Holy Spirit, that talks down, that acts like they don't need, I'm desperate for them. Because when the Holy Spirit shows up, things chain. Chains fall off. Healing takes place. Marriages get restored. Things that we've just written off is dead they're gone they're done they come back to life when we let god come in and experience him in his fullness things change for eternity you know this whole thing it's about the person of jesus this isn't like oh a bunch of christians get cool weird magical powers and they just do no it's none of that it's people who get so desperate and so moved by the Holy Spirit that they that they move in, that they're willing to step in, and they say, God, I'm open. I'll do whatever. I can't just keep living life without you. I can't keep making decisions without you. I can't keep acting like I don't need you. If you will just come in, God, if you if you will just lead me to the place of you where I can just lay it down, I trust you. So God's stirring. He's He's hungry for it, but... Jesus, even what Jesus said to his disciples is, "It's better for me to leave you to make room for the Holy Spirit that I have for you." You know, Jesus said that. He looked at his guys, his followers, his friends, these guys, and he just invested it. He looked them in the eyes and he said, "It's better if I leave because of the gift of the Holy Spirit, the same gift that was available to Jesus." To his disciples is also available to us if you want him. He's not gonna kick the door down. But what we're gonna do, even just in the next couple minutes, is we're just gonna carve out some space for you to respond. God doesn't fit in a box. As I've been open to him, as I've been open to his powers, I've been open to his presence and his Holy Spirit. As I've been open, as I look at even significant things in my life over the last two years, the hunger that I have for him, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And I have the spiritual gift of looking dumb in front of a group of people all the time. I, I step in, and, and, and if you go, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know where to go. I don't know what it's supposed to look like. Join the club. I just do it publicly. but Then I also do it privately behind the scenes and go, okay, Holy Spirit, I just, I just pray. I just offer this up to you. I, I just open up myself to you. If you say, I want that. I want the Holy Spirit. I want his power. I want his fullness. I want to experience God. All three, all three parts of the Trinity. I want to see that. I want to grow in that. You came to the right place. But you have an opportunity today, just like every single week, every single day, you have an opportunity to step into the presence of God and allow him to meet you in a way that will change you forever. It's time to have bold faith again, to respond with courage and excitement and expectation and longing for an experience of God in your life. So here's the question I have for you What is God stirring in your heart? Is it prayer for healing? Have you been carrying a diagnosis or somebody else has been carrying a diagnosis? You just go, man, I, I want to bring this to God, but what if he doesn't heal it? What if what I want to happen doesn't happen? Now, are you carrying that? Just bring it forward. You can come up here. You can go sit, kneel, stand in front of the tabernacle. You can go to the sides. We have a prayer banner over here. If you're carrying that, if you go, I, I just I need prayer for something in my life for healing. Just just respond. Maybe it's this. Maybe your marriage is falling apart. That's a shell of what it could be. And there's a piece of you that's just dying slowly, day in and day out, and you go, God can't even fix this. I just want to give you space to respond, to open your heart up, to allow God to speak and to minister to that part of your heart. Maybe it's freedom. Maybe it's the chains that you've just walked with that have just bound you. Maybe it's your mind. Maybe it's your heart. Maybe it's your body. Maybe it's a drug addiction. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's alcohol. Whatever it is, you just feel like I'm just chained. I am locked down. Just come forward. Just kneel. Just sit with open hands. Just ask God to to free you from that. Maybe you just need a word from Him, you need to be encouraged. You need to know that he sees you, that he loves you, that he died for you, that there's nothing you could do to separate his love from you. Maybe you just need to hear somebody pray that over you. I just want to invite you. Don't miss another opportunity to experience him. Maybe you just need forgiveness. You just need to know that the work on the cross was enough as we move into this time, total freedom. My notes say, unscripted. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you need to do. Come forward. Move backward. Come to the tabernacle. Go to the prayer wall. If you feel like God's putting somebody in your heart, like, I just need to pray over them. Somebody did that for me for service. I, I just need to pray over them. Pray over them. Be responsive to the Holy Spirit. Take courage. Be bold. Step into his presence with an expectation that he will meet us, and I am confident that he will. We hope this message encouraged you in seeing who God is and who you are in him. If you want to take a next step, visit frontlinegr.com forward slash connect. We look forward to connecting with you there, and we'll see you back here next week.